Hi everyone, Liam Hillier here with Talk Tonight Sports. I'm joined by Chantel Cameron. How are you getting on? You okay? Yeah, very really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Um, just coping with this lockdown. How are you finding it at the minute with the, the current restrictions and stuff? Yeah. I think the second one's a little bit harder because obviously we had the first one and it was, um, you'd like, you'd prepared for it. And then the second one come along after you had a little dosage of freedom. Yeah. And um, back in lockdown, it's a little bit harder this time, I think. I think a lot of people, are, I feel so much like around here, it's, it's not so much like a lockdown. Um, I know there's national restrictions in place, but I feel like it's been taken a little bit lightly up here. I know most places are closed, but I don't know oh, what it's yeah, like up your same, end. Same down here, but I think the restaurants and... Like going out anywhere is a bit of the, the nightmare. Like there's nowhere, yeah. to, nothing to do, and nowhere to. Yeah, it's it's been a and bit. And the weather's strange. obviously not as good, so that's. Yeah, it's dark at five o'clock. I don't yeah. I don't feel like I've uh, I've, I've spent the day out or anything the minute. Um, right, so yeah. just going into um, <laughs> just starting off with your with your career and things. Um, started off in the amateurs um a few years ago, but obviously now professional boxer. Um, thirteen wins, seven KOs, perfect record, which it, which is spot on. And uh, and now you're the WBC super lightweight world champion, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. How was that for you? Uh, congratulations, first of all, on winning it. But what was that like when they when oh, they lifted you. your hand? Oh, it's amazing. I can't even like explain the feeling because you think all the ups and downs of all the coast of a career and yeah. you finally get crowned with BC world champion. But obviously yeah. the bigger picture I want to be unified. Yeah. So still got some more belts to collect. Yeah, I mean, I watched the fight, but I was watching the fight myself and it was a, a solid performance. I don't think it could have gone any better for you. I think you were up on all the judges' scorecards pretty much every round, weren't you, to be fair? It was uh, yeah, yeah. pretty much flawless in all, all accounts from, from the judging system. Um, what what made you get into... difference there, sorry. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you, you coped well with it as well, she was at the weight, getting the stoppage. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, just just from the very, very start, how did you end up getting into boxing in the first place, if you don't mind me asking? I was a former kickboxer and I wanted to make my hands better in kickboxing, so I decided to join the boxing gym. And it weren't my actual plan to, to box. I wanted to stay in kickboxing, but um, just how, how the cookie crumbles, really. Ended up falling into the boxing ring and giving up the kickboxing. Yeah, I mean, how did you find the change over from the kickboxing to the boxing? Because I know when I've sparred against people who have had uh, like kickboxing experience, it's quite different on the feet. The, the hands are quite similar, but it's the it's the different stances and the moving around from your feet. How did how did you find the, the transition over? I had a really good coach that he was strict and he was right. very picky, which I think was amazing because um, he got me out of bad habits and he was a proper perfectionist. So it was hard and it was frustrating, but he just kept picking and picking and picking until I cracked them habits and stopped doing them. So um, I was very lucky there to have a good coach. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, that that's as good as being a good fighter is having a good coach behind you, definitely. Um, where did, yeah. where did you? Yeah, where did you? Um, where did you start boxing? What was what was the gym you, you first went to? So it was a little gym in, it's a little amateur gym in Northampton. That was the first gym I went to. And uh, I was still, still trained with my amateur coach now as well. Like we, he um, helps me prepare for fights and stuff. 
yeah. And it's nice, it's nice to have the background there as well. Um, so as I mentioned before, you started off in yeah, the amateurs yeah. with uh, quite a solid record there as well. Um, you won the silver in 2010 and the bronze in 2011 at the EU Championships. Um, I mean, to represent your country as well uh, at that point, yeah. how did that feel for you at the time? I can imagine that was a stepping stone to where you've led up, up to now, but how, how was that at the time? Oh, yeah, because I was inexperienced. I was an in, inexperienced amateur and I got basically within six fights, I was boxing for England. Yeah. So, yeah, it was brilliant, especially to be representing your country. Couldn't ask for anything better, really, could you, in amateurs? No, definitely not. I mean, the, with not so much of an experience on there, I think you've... Uh, something must have been going well to have got to that position, 100%. Um, I mean... Yeah. I had to bring it up, obviously going with the amateurs. Um, there's a lot of talk at the minute with uh, a potential fight with Katie Taylor coming up, um, depending on whether she, she decides to do it. Um, you've um, you fought her in the amateurs as well. Unfortunately, you, you did lose that fight. But, I mean, would you? I know you, you're probably itching to get the, the, the chance to fight her again. Uh, I think it's a fight we all want to see, to be fair. Um, what what your takes on that in the minute? Because obviously she's she's got most of the belts, and then you want to be unified, so there's an easy route to it, isn't there? The people. So when she beat me in amateurs, it was actually like it was my second international, so it must have been about my twelfth twelfth boxing fight, yeah. and she probably had about hundred and fifty to two hundred. So she beat me, and too much. She would always beat me. She's a better amateur than me, and. Yeah even if I had the experience that I had on Team GB when I was um, on there for years, she still would have beat me in the amateurs. She was a better amateur. But the pros is a completely different game. I'm a better pro. Yeah, I, I believe so, that myself. Um, yeah, she beat, me. she beat me in the amateurs, but I was practically a novice amateur. But again, even as an experienced amateur, she, she would have probably beat me then as well because yeah. amateurs didn't suit me. I um I didn't get many wins in the amateurs, so so someone said in the amateurs it's records are for DJs, yeah. and my record I probably lost, I lost a good fair few, but um yeah so when when that's brought up I'm just kind of like it was my second international, it must have been my twelfth boxing fight, so um it was a long long time ago, yeah. and it wasn't at the back end of my amateur career. Yeah, I mean. I'm looking at your obviously professional style and things. Uh, yeah, I would say you're a lot more suited to the professional. Um, 100%. It's very, very clinical the way you're fighting. Yeah. You can tell with the amount of KOs which are on there as well with, with seven KOs. Um, you've obviously, how did you find the transition over to the amateurs and to the professional? Did you actually find it a lot easier? Because I know some people do struggle when they've had similar to, we'll be speaking about Katie Taylor though, but she's had quite a lot of amateur experience. Um, you didn't have a huge amount compared to that. How did how did you feel did the change over onto the professional side? I actually loved it because I didn't enjoy the amateurs. I had love hate relationship with boxing in the amateurs. Um, it was very up and down, and there's a lot of like decisions that I should have won that I didn't actually win. Yeah. So um, the transition, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Changing my style, sitting down on my shots learning how to fight more on the inside. And all I remember is um, the first like camp or two camps, I used to always split my knuckles. Yeah. And it's just because the way that I was punching, it was different. And um, I can remember just thinking like how different it was punching them small gloves. 
Yeah, it's completely different going from the the, the um, into the smaller gloves because your hands it feels so much lighter as well. And I mean, when you're going into professional as well, it must yeah. feel like you're throwing nothing at the same time. You know, it must feel like the punches are, are so powerful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, just one yeah, thing I which it's unreal, unreal. I mean, one thing which uh, has, has recently come up um, within like the last year or two is you changed over to to train with Jamie Moore. Um, you've been working with Jamie for a bit of time now, yeah. um, and you've not long signed for Matchroom um, as well with Eddie Hearn. Um, obviously, Jamie's got a huge stable behind him. Uh, some great fighters who've been there in the past and currently with him as well. Um, it must have been like a huge boost for you. To, to go and work with someone with, with that kind of experience as well. Um, how, I mean, what, what's it like working with Jamie then at that point? Did, did it feel like it was the right, obviously it feels like it's the right step forward, but it was, was it as, as, as good as it turned out to be? Yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, the best decision I made. My career was practically done. I, I thought that was me finished. Okay. So, yeah, like I owe a lot to Jamie and Nigel because they took me under their wing. And since I've been with them, my career's been on the high and yeah. not looked back. So it was the best season I've ever made, and it's made my career move a lot, lot further forward. Yeah, okay. I mean, that, that's the thing with Jamie. He's, he's in and out with boxing. Is he, he knows everything to do with it. He's been in the game for a long time. Um, you, you've obviously you're working with Jamie now. What's the training like? Is there much difference in his training routine? Is it a lot more stricter to what you had previously? or No, not at all. I think every every trainer is different and yeah. it depends the kind of boxing you are and the kind of person you are. And I'm just well suited to Jamie because it's relaxed, it's fun. Um, they basically just take the piss out of you half the time. And <laughs> it's, just, it's just a laugh because... You can you can just like relax and it's it's not like camp. It's just it's just a bit of a laugh, really. But yeah, you, no. you do work hard. I'm saying that like you don't work hard. You no. do work hard, but I never feel pressure on my shoulders. Like if anything, that sometimes I feel like they um they they like they look after me too much. Like they protect me, so they they worry a bit too much about me. Whereas <laughs> like they they don't me like they they hold me back. So like they don't me overtraining. They're like that's enough. Like. But I'm always, I, I always just love training and stuff. And sometimes it, it's good for me. This is what I need a coach that holds me back and doesn't let me burn myself out. So, yeah, they, they look after me really well. And yeah. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing you mentioned there about overtraining as well. I think any boxer naturally wants to train every day and wants to go out and to, to be the best possible boxer yeah. he can be. I remember I was speaking to uh, Martin Murray last year um, and I was doing some PTs with him. And he turned to me and he was like, how come your arms are hurting? And I was like, oh, I've, I've been training like four or five times this week. Uh, and he was like, it's, it's like Thursday, mate. He was like, how come you've been training like every night, running, doing this, doing that? And he was like, the reason your arms are hurting is because you're, over, you're overtraining. Yeah. You need to step back a little bit. And uh, I was like, right, okay. And I did. And it actually 100% worked for me. Uh, yeah. Just taking that little bit of a step back. And I mean, I, I only fight at like a semi-pro level, but it's not it's not to the level you're at. That's so, a genuine that. Yeah, that's what Jamie and I are great at is um hold your back. Like when they know that you've done too much, they'll, they'll give you an easy session, or they'll just be like, just come training and just do a bit of shadow and just watch the sparring. So do mental training, so they make sure that we don't overdo ourselves and burn ourselves out. Yeah, which is great. 
and I think that that's a great asset to have in your corner, especially. Um, just one thing which I always find quite interesting yeah, as well definitely. is um, obviously there was a big thing with Tyson Fury a few years ago when he became world champion. He felt like that was the end of everything. He felt like he got to that point. Um, you've obviously said you wanted to go for Unified, which, which is kind of yeah. already answered this question. But how did how has your mind changed now you've become a world champion? Is it because everyone's chasing you and not so much you're chasing anyone? You know what I mean? How has that changed for you? No, I'm, I'm chasing the other champions, so yeah. I'm chasing just because I'm world champion, nothing changes. Now I've just got a target on my back, yeah. and I have something now I'm off of the other champions because most people would say the WBC is the world title that they want. Yeah. So now I have that on my target, people want that title of me. It pushes you on, makes you hungrier, but at the same time, is I'm still chasing the champions of the other belts. Yeah, I think it's it's the next level up, isn't it? For you, yeah, I think it's yeah. like the next level up for you because if you're if you're at that point now, you you need to keep hold of that belt. You need to you need to push forward. You need to get to the highest point. And I mean, you'd already ranked number one on box rec. Um, I was reading before um yeah. for the light welterweight in the world. I mean, that that's I don't think you can say any further than that. Really, that that's as good as it's going to get. Um, and then obviously you you, you need to fight for the unified and stuff as well coming forward from there. So, um. I mean, I watched a few of your fights live. I've seen them on the telly and stuff. I've never personally seen you fight in an arena or anything. Um, but as I was saying before, I, I kind of feel like it's very clinical yeah. uh, the way you fight. I mean, it's it's it, the power, the yeah. accuracy, and the speed is like unbelievable. To be honest with you, I, I don't want to uh, blow you up so much, but yeah. the um the, the overall fight, watching it back there, it is it's it's pretty flawless in a way. Um. I mean, do you take any inspiration oh, from any other fighters at all, or is there anyone in particular you look up to? Because obviously, I know like the likes of Mike um, Tyson used to mate, do Jack Dempsey. Mate, I've, been, I've been blessed. I've, I've trained around other world champions, so I'm a massive fan of Josh Taylor, and I think training around him, oh, like you always remember like, the little things he used to do in his style, and I always think of that, and... Um, Frampton, there's, there's so many people, like world champions that I've trained around. So, yeah, I think that's been my inspiration watching them and seeing them in sparring on the pads, on the pads, and take a bit from everyone and trying to put it into my own career. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's taking little bits from everyone and, and making it into your own thing, isn't it? And that, that's what is the next level. Yeah. Um, now, one thing which I wanted to say as well is obviously women's boxing, I believe at the minute, is is probably the best it's ever been uh, with the names out there and the excitement inside the fights. Um, yeah. where, do, where do you see the, the, the women's boxing going over the next few years? I think similar to yourself, with, with, if the Katie Taylor and yourself fight does happen, I think that that's a, it, could, it would be selling out arenas, to be fair. you know, I think that would be something which would be a great fight to happen and it should happen. But, I mean... How do you feel that the future of the women's sport is going? Oh, it's like, well, look at last weekend, they had the triple header. Eddie Hearn is doing amazing things with boxing. Yeah. The triple header, Terry Hablin, Tasha Jonas, hopefully the rematch happens with that. Um, like things, fights like that is what people want to see. People want to see them, them women's matchups because they're competitive 50 50 and they're exciting. So, think um, what Eddie's doing now is putting these fights on. It's just growing the interest in women's boxing and it's just 
it's on the rise. And to be fair, we've got to thank Kate Taylor and Clarissa Shields for that because yeah. they opened up the doors and now waves are being made. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got to thank them, really. I found it a bit weird the other year, sorry, the other month, because I went to watch Anthony Crawler um, in his last fight in Manchester with Katie Taylor was the like the pre-headline. Oh, um, yeah. And she um, she put on a great show, but like, I mean, it was in Manchester, yeah, but as soon as Katie Taylor's fight had finished, I kind of felt like the atmosphere had gone because it was just Crawler's last fight and everyone was there wanting Crawler to win and it wasn't probably the fight everyone wanted to happen. Uh, because I personally don't believe he performed yeah. to his highest standard and he, he personally come out and said that himself but after the Katie Taylor fight I kind of felt like the show was over it was just like a, an extra fight so I mean that that's a positive to take straight away because with Crawler being the main yeah. headline in Manchester I actually feel like the Katie Taylor fight was the best fight of the night and it, it was mad it was the best fight yeah yeah um, so just one thing which uh, I always ask my guests who have been on the show um what would you say is the best arena or venue you fought at? Um, probably York Hall. Yeah, I think it's mixed emotions. I've had a few people say the O2 and stuff, um, but I I actually like York Hall. I think it's it's a sweaty little venue, isn't it? Really, it's it's a two minute stage yeah. walk to the ring and it's um, yeah, hundred percent. Um, well, yeah. It's it's a it's a perfect venue for boxing fights. It really is. Um, just going back to the atmosphere which you've mentioned there. Um, what was it like with the last fight without the crowds and things there with the current COVID situations? Was it? Did you did you mentally feel that when you're in the ring, or was it? Were you kind of quite blinkers forward? You know. Oh, just tunnel vision. Really, like I was there to do my job and I had world title on the line, so yeah. I just literally zoned in on what I had to do that night. And it was strange, obviously, walking out with no crowd, having no um, crowd, shouting, cheering. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like you and your opponent, you've got 10 rounds, and all it's in that ring is you and your opponent and the referee. So yeah. you don't really need a crowd to... You, you need the, you need the cap crowd to get your adrenaline pumped up more and like give you uh, excitement and the buzz. But at the end of the day, like... Only free in the ring anyway, and you and your opponent have got a scrap either way. So having a crowd there, it didn't really phase me that much. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a few mixed emotions on this. I, I was um, speaking to a guy last night who was on about the Dillian White fight, um, and I personally think if Dillian White had a fight, yes. if he had if he had a crowd behind him against Povetkin, I think he would have easily have won that that fight in that first round, that that third round. Sorry, after he knocked him down, I think he comes out and he and he stops him. But I yeah. think because Povetkin didn't have uh, pressure from the crowd or anything, I felt like the fight was a lot more opened up at that point. So, yeah. in, for a boxing neutral perspective, I do think it, it's. It's interesting to see how different people are coping and obviously yourself, you cope very well under the circumstances. Yeah. So, um, I think it's just interesting to know how it actually is. Um, right, I'm just going to um, throw yeah, five quick fire questions over to you. Um, so the funniest boxer you know. Okay. I've heard a few people say about him. He's a very funny guy to be fair, isn't he? He's funny. <laughs> um, right, your favourite boxing memory? Um, oh, best. Now it's going to be my WBC title. Yeah, 100%. It has to be. <laughs> um, 
an interesting one which I think is quite funny to ask as well is the best post-fight meal. Um, what would you, after you've had your fight and you're going home, what's the first meal you want to put in your stomach? Five guys. Five guys. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> I, I asked um, <laughs> I had a guy on called Ben Jones yesterday, and I, I asked him, and he said that his meal would be sausage, beans, and mash, and a big, big um, can of beans, especially. I was like, that's the most interesting one I've ever heard, but <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, that, that sounds mint to be fair. Five guys there. I think I'd be jumping on that one. Um, your best, the best fight, in your opinion, which wasn't your own, so the greatest fight of all time. God, that's a tough one, actually. There's so many. Yeah. Um, I'd have to say, Andy Joshua and Clay. And who, sorry? Because it was. Do you know what? No, I'm going to say Kate. Taylor, I'm going to say Kate Taylor and Delphine. Oh, okay. Number yeah. one, because yeah. that was literally edge if you see. And obviously yeah. got me repping the women, so... Yeah, 100%. I, I can remember watching that before the Joshua fight, and I was like, oh, my days. This, I, I genuinely didn't know which way it was going to go. It was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, well, probably one of the best fights I've it seen in recent times. The, the, it was electric. Yeah, 100%. Um, who Who is your favourite boxer of all time? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Um Two obviously two fights are coming up recent in 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 um in the, the near future I guess um which is obviously Mike Tyson and Roy Jones this weekend Mike Tyson's making a return fight um what's your takes on that? I'm not gonna watch it. You're not gonna watch it. Is there any reason um, behind that or no? Just because like he's my favourite boxer of all time and I like him in his prime. Yeah. So I think if you if I watch it, like I, I think I don't want my, I don't want anything to not change. If I don't like doesn't change, but I just want to see him boxing and he's not the same because the memories I've got, he was an absolute animal and ferocious in the speed of him. So yeah, um, yeah I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Callum Smith and Canelo has just been announced as well. Um, I mean, you probably got a little bit more insight to this. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't work out whether they was actually. I think Callum can do the upset. Yeah, I, I personally think he does. I think it'll be um, a very interesting fight for everyone to see. Um, I, I couldn't work out whether they, because obviously it's in America. I think because it's in America, are they allowing fans into the stadium to watch it, or is it is it behind? Is it a COVID restricted thing? Oh, I'm, I'm not too, too sure. Because sure. I was in, I was looking it up because yeah, I was thinking. I don't know. They've been trying for the last three or four years, trying to get that fight to happen. And it was interesting that they've done it now in the time yeah. which it is. I mean, the box office ratings are going to be through the roof, but I don't know about what it'll be, whether it's a ticket ticket sale event as well. I don't know how that'll work, but um, I, I personally want Callum to win. And I think that'll um, it'll tee up a, a rematch in England then at Anfield. I think that's what they, they'll be aiming to do. I really think that'll be something which will happen. They'll probably look for a rematch clause and end up having that in, in Anfield. So. I want Callum to win. I think he will win. I think he's got the power, the height, and the speed. But um, I really think Canelo is going to get tested 100 percent there. So it's a great, it's a great fight to happen. It's oh, one of these fights. Yeah, it's one of these fights which everyone it's keeps exciting. saying. I'm really excited for that fight. Yeah, it's one of these fights which everyone keeps saying it needs to happen and it's actually happening. So credit on uh, his own and, and Matt Truman and that to get that sorted. Um, yeah. Right, so um, pretty much at the end of the podcast. Uh, so I appreciate you joining me. Um, just one thing which I always ask is, um, 
just for any up and coming boxer, uh, especially on the on the uh, women's side as well, uh, would there be any advice you'd give to them? For an up and coming boxer, I'd say get some amateur experience. Don't just be looking at all the pro women and thinking it's the high life because it's not. It's a business. Yeah. So get an experience in the amateurs, um, get a good team around you and work hard, listen to your coach and be smart. Yeah. Because it is a business just as well as a sport. Yeah. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there with that. But yeah, uh, thanks for joining me. If you want to follow uh, Chantel on Instagram, it's Shan, uh, ShanCam91. Um, yeah. And yeah, thanks um, nice for joining us. Uh, my name's no, Liam Hillier. This is uh, Chantel. And uh, thanks for watching Talk Tonight Sports. Cheers, guys. Thank you.